Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, welcome to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. We are still, I call it live because we are here live in Scottsdale, Arizona at the B2B Marketing Exchange, but you're probably listening to this podcast from the comfort of your home or out there at a gym taking a walk. Who knows? But I am sitting next to Dave Bruno. Dave is the Director of Marketing from Aptos. Uh, thanks for joining me. Great. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. And as I've gotten to know Dave over the last couple minutes, because he's here at the conference and we arranged our little get-together, found out that he co-hosts and has co-hosted his own podcast. So uh, he's, he's familiar to the format. And I, Dave, thanks again for coming over. So you came in this morning. You weren't here yesterday. And so the, the show's just, just getting started. Yep. You, uh, did you have a chance to sit in on David Meerman Scott's uh, session. Yeah, I did. I did. That da- was awesome. Yeah, yeah, Dave was on the podcast uh, just a little while ago. So we were talking about some of the things that, um, you know, he's very passionate, as you could tell, around social media. Today was new content for him about, you know, build, building fans to your products and services. Any takeaways uh, from you in terms of the content he shared and how you think about it, either back at your company or even in your personal life? Yeah, so he had two things that really stuck out to me. First of all, during the session, he asked the audience to take a minute and say, what are your things that you're passionate about to the point where you would say fandom? Yeah. And it gave me pause. (laughs) Kind of freaked me out a little bit, like, holy crap, I'm 55 years old and I'm not sure what I'm a fan of to to that level. I guess I figured it out, but asking me the question and me asking the question myself was a huge takeaway for me. Yeah. I can guarantee you tomorrow morning on the treadmill, that's what I'm going to be thinking about. If, if I had to think that long about the answer, then something's wrong. Yeah. So I, oh, interesting. Yeah. So you, you maybe didn't have that connection to a, a personal passion. Yeah, you're going to laugh at me, Dave. <laughs> My first instinctive response yeah. when he asked the question was, I am really passionate about being really good at B2B marketing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you're connected to your work and you're passionate about a work, that's not a bad thing. But I think what I hear you saying is, is that enough? You know, are you, are you yes. balanced from that? Yeah. Um, I'll give you a perspective. So I sat there with you as well, wondering what is really that passion? And, you know, Dave had some bullet points up on the slide, which was how to identify what you're really passionate about. You know, something you do repeatable, something you do with friends typically, something that you're spending money on doing. You know, he's really into the Grateful Dead, as we learned, right. and has gone to hundreds of uh, conf- uh, concerts. So what I am passionate about when I'm not at work, because I certainly am passionate like you about what we do, uh, was um, building and flying drones, which I've certainly mentioned on the podcast, and for people who know me, where that came about was actually not very early in my life, because drones haven't really been around for that long. And it really started with flying remote control planes. I was launching this company, DemandGen, in 2007. And when I first started the company, like a lot of startups, it was out of my home. And I was very conscious, kind of what you're talking about is, you know, are you balanced in your life? Are your passions all about work? Or do you have some passions outside of work? And I was worried that I would just work continuously throughout the day and throughout the evening. So I was driving by a hobby store down in Santa Clara, and I'm like, wow, I used to fly remote control planes as a kid, and I pulled off the freeway and drove you know, around and went inside and ended up buying a plane and getting back into it again. 
And it was intentional because I wanted to have something that I would leave the house and go do at a park or wherever and then come back to the house and be dad and be husband and, and be, you know, outside of work. So that led uh, to about 40 planes over, I don't know, seven, eight years. Yes, most of them ended up in the ground at yeah. some point. Uh, eventually got a simulator after crashing the first three or four and then built up my skills and then drones came around. And I'm like, wow, so now I can, I'm very, I love cooking, I love doing things with my hands. So my passion of like, you know, soldering and building the drones and building the frames and learning how to fly them in the software was, was really cool. So I would encourage you, Dave. I mean, it's, it's great to be passionate about work, no doubt about it, but um, we all need a little balance in our life, something outside of there uh, to do. So yeah. I'm glad you took that away. Yeah, thanks. Will thanks. you let me know, follow up with me and let me know when you, when you find it? I will. I will. I mean, there's candidates, you yeah. know, I don't want to paint myself as only work, <laughs> yes. but I do have, I, there are candidates, as sadly, um, that was the first one, though, that came to mind. Yeah. So, But, you know, as it relates to probably what people on this podcast are interested in, I think there's an interesting takeaway for B2B marketers, and I'm sure it, it, it's, not, it's not a secret, but really this idea of transitioning how you think about your audience, how you want to approach your audience, how you want to reach your audience, and how you want to engage your audience. Sure. It, you know, simply changing the vocabulary from opportunity, prospect, deal, whatever you think of people today that you try to reach through all the things that we do, into fans, just that vocabulary shift alone, right. I think will drive philosophical changes in my business. Um, and I, 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 I happen to be lucky to work for a CEO who's extremely open-minded, who believes in trying new things and giving us a lot of leash, if you will, in marketing. So I'm excited to get back to him and say, look, man, we got to change everything that we do. We have to change our philosophy yeah. and how we reach people. And it might mean spending money on things that don't necessarily look and smell and feel like marketing, yeah. uh, traditional marketing to you. So I, it was really impactful for me today. Uh, it, was, it was a great session. I want to come to one of the topics because you do a lot in content marketing and uh, certainly content marketing's incredibly important in B2B marketing. David talked about gating content and yeah. freeing your content, make it available. So what's your perspective on the content that you guys develop and publish, when to gate, when not to gate? So my perspective or our practice? Uh, let's do both. <laughs> let's do both because they may not align, right? Yeah, they don't. Okay. They don't. So one of the, the, I think, unintended consequences of this industry, then this room that we're sitting in today, yeah. you know, this industry didn't exist. 10 years ago, right? You, you were a, a founder, really. A, really just getting started, yeah. Right. Uh, I think one of the unintended consequences is we become gatekeepers of our content. Pardon the pun, but uh, using the, you know, playing on the word gate. Yeah. But we, we have to unguard our content. We have to release it into the wild. I long have believed that every time we gate something, we deny somebody access to something that we want them to have. And I, I think everyone listening to this uh, podcast would say the same thing. Like, how often do you pause when you want something that has even monetary value to you, let alone just educational value, like most of our content? Mm -hmm. is, when they ask you for personal information, do right. you pause? Right. Imagine how many things we're losing. Yeah. How many how many engagements we're we're compromising when we say, yeah, before you can have that. 
we're going to ask you for your information, right. even if it's just an email address. And you know, of course, why we do it, because we're trying to generate leads or whatever you That's want right. to call that, that contact that you're filling into your funnel. So the other school of thought is, is free your content, right? Yes. Make everything available. And if you publish great content and do a good job educating your buyer and, and easing their fears and helping them achieve using content to create their goals, then they'll reach out to you and say, hey, That's listen, right. I'm interested in your product exactly or service. Right. Exactly right. I think we got, the, the unintended consequence is we became too hyper-focused on metrics, mm -hmm. raised hands, MQLs, SQLs, and we all measure each other, yeah. and our, our people on our teams are measured by that, and our CEOs and our CMOs measure us by those things. But I, I firmly believe that those things don't equal mindshare. Yeah. And in this, in this day and age, mindshare is the game. Emails is not the game. Yeah. We need Mindshare. Yeah. And if we spend all of our time and money managing email addresses and lists, because we need to be able to account for the ROI on this document, and I, I know I'm disparaging a room full of vendors here that want to help me with those <laughs> metrics. I realize it's her heresy in some ways, but I think we need a better balance. Yeah. Just because you give me your, your email address to download my podcast, whatever it is, that doesn't necessarily, I'm getting any more or less mindshare with you. Yeah. All I want is your mindshare so that when the project comes, you think of me. Sure. I don't, you know. I would, there's, there's two approaches that I've seen for people mm -hmm. that are um, not willing to make the full shift to go ungated content because they do have lead generation goals or yes. maybe in, their compensation's tied to MQL generation. And that is this. Um, A-B test your campaign. Yeah. You know, make one call to action, a landing page, which has the form with the gate that you want to have there, and please keep that form as short as possible. <laughs> uh, and then another version goes directly to the content and using your marketing automation scripts to detect if they click past it. So you might have your merchandising landing page, which is the demo that you want to uh, display, but then you have a button where a form normally would be, but just a button to kind of view that demo or get the piece of content. And then, you know, put the, uh, the scripts on the following pages so that you can see how many people went to that. You have to make a unique page. So page one is the landing page for someone who clicks past and completes the form. The other one is, you know, that was the direct route and went right there. And just look at the metrics and see if you're having more consumers and viewers. That's one way to do it. Another way I've seen it is actually doing right below the form button or at the top is skip the form and actually just having a link right there giving someone the option to just go right past it's the form and not opt in exactly to the next level of opt in and i've seen that actually work mm -hmm. very successfully uh, you know if your content's really great and does a good job of of explaining uh value that you can provide to your customers, that's really the ultimate goal, so if you can get them there fast. But there's a consequence. Tell me about uh, life back at, at Aptos. What are you guys working on these days? You specifically in, in the marketing team. What's, it's beginning, still relatively beginning of the year, and I'm sure you're working on your goals and initiatives. What's, what's top of mind and Experiences. Project? Yeah? Experiences. Yeah. What kind? Well, that's, it's early in the year, so we're still debating and, and trying to define those things. But um, you know, we market to retailers. Mm -hmm. that, that's our, our, our audience is uh, retail executives. And our content is dominated by uh, thought leadership, uh, experts, influencers, our own content on it. If you want to get people in your stores, particularly in retail, you've got to build better experiences. And I'm committed, this is going to be the year that we're going to transition our company and our content to be experience-centric content. 
perhaps sounds self-evident, perhaps like you can say, where you been, dude, right? It's all about experiences. But everything we do, every event that we do, every piece of content that we do, I'm trying to put the experience of the, uh, the, the, the target, I hate using that word, uh, but you know, the person that we're trying to reach. We'll, we'll say audience. Audience, thank you. Yeah, that's a much better word, yeah. The, the, the experience of the audience is a higher priority to me, again, perhaps sacrilegious, than the, the uh, boxes that the content checks. Does it talk product? Does it talk value? Does it, you know, all of the things that we typically go through. First and foremost, I'm measuring my content by experience. What is the experience like to the person? Because if, if I fail there, all those other boxes to me are going to get compromised. At best, they'll mm -hmm. be compromised. So everything we do now is being measured by experience first. Well, good. My, you uh, unfortunately missed my talk yesterday. I did the opening keynote at 4 o'clock, and we talked about customer experience. And I, I started there. I mean, certainly I'm always talking about marketing operations, marketing technologies, you know, the methods and technologies for driving growth. That's what the podcast is about. That's what my company helps clients with. But yesterday I started off and spent really the first uh, 20 minutes talking about customer experience and that how critical it is to deliver an exceptional customer experience. Like there is no, just like there's not really on time, there's either early or late. Yes. Uh, customer experience, you're either exceeding expectations or you're not. There's no meeting expectations, right? You, when we check out of this hotel after the conference and, and someone says to us at the front desk, how was everything? Did it meet your expectations? If I say, yeah, we don't, that's not the goal, right? We've right. got to go well beyond that. That's so I'm right. glad you guys are taking that into your business uh, and certainly into, into your content. I'm sorry I missed your presentation yesterday. Uh, sounds like I could have gotten a lot out of it because I'm really... You know, I'm struggling, to be honest, David, with um, even here as you're asking me the questions, I'm thinking I'm going to struggle if he says specifically what are you doing because I don't yet have a tangible list of how do I, how do I, what are my experience goals and how do I measure my success against those goals. It's, it's frankly, it's a lot of gut feel right now. Yeah. How does this feel to me as a human being, not as a prospect? Right. How does this feel to me? How do I react to that? Yeah. And I'm trusting my 27 years of experience and saying, okay, I'm going to feel my way through this and mm -hmm. eventually I'll come to some metrics or, or I don't know if metrics is the right word, some objectives, some things that perhaps I can quantify yeah. a little bit. But um, yeah, I don't know if you have any advice for me because honestly, it's been, uh, it's been a struggle to convince the rest of the team to get on board something that I can't quantify. Right. It's well, you, you've got to paint a picture as a leader and even member of the team of what success looks like. Uh, I find uh, you know it's a good conversation. I'm glad we're going here. Uh, I was talking to a gal the other day. She works in marketing operations, and as I said, it's, you know, beginning of the year, uh, and she uh, asked her manager, "Hey, um, I want to talk about some of my goals for the year and what to work on." And his response, which was not a good response, Dave, was. You know, we really haven't established and finalized the goals for the department, so let's wait till we do that before we talk about your goals. <laughs> and she asked me what I thought about that, and I said, that's a management shortfall right there. Ooh, hear the little chime yeah, bell. Yeah, I think it's time for e a session. Everybody's going to head back into the sessions in a <laughs> Wait, minute. the food's going away. We better quit. <laughs> we better <laughs> grab, grab some a cup food. of coffee. <laughs> uh, and I said, that's a, that's a failure of management because let's talk about maybe your personal goals, right? There's things that you could be developing, skills you could be learning. 
that sure, you want to all row in the same direction towards the goals of the department and of the company. But you know, my advice, Dave, is certainly if you're managing people and leading team, don't rob them of their chance to succeed by not putting them in a direction. Um, even if it's a short-term goal, something they're going to accomplish this month or this quarter, maybe this initiative instead of initiatives that you're trying to frame and put together should. I'm not a big fan of groups or committees, but maybe there's an inclusiveness uh, to bring them. And so therefore, when the goals and initiatives are established, they're part of that. You're part of that. And so I don't, you know, none of us should be operating our businesses these days without really clear path of where we're going and what success looks like when we get there, then we can worry about the how. And what I find is, especially dealing with a lot of our clients, uh, if, if they don't have a clear vision and a set of strategic initiatives for the year, it becomes campaign du jour time. It becomes project du jour time. Everything is interrupt driven and short-term driven, it's the event that's coming up or it's this that's coming up. So what, when you're hearing me share this advice, what are you thinking about now in terms of how you might uh, establish some of these initiatives? And you know, what does great customer experience look like? What does great content experience look like if that's what your, what your goals are? Yeah, so I think my reaction to some of your advice is, is it's very valid, right? I think I do need to give them a North Star to point to. And my gut feel on what that is is probably not good enough. Mm -hmm. They trust me. We've worked together. This is the second or third time we've gotten most of this band together at different companies. So we have a deep trust of each other. And one of the things is they kind of know when Bruno's ringing the bell that, okay, that bell's ringing in his head. Something's in there. Yeah. They tend to trust me and, and, and I trust them and we find our way a little bit. So I have that advantage that we, we work together well. But I do agree with you. I do need to give them a little bit of a North Star so we're um, so they're comfortable knowing yeah. that they're rowing in the right direction. Yeah. But, you know, as it, it's interesting, David, as we sort of spin back to the earlier conversation in this morning's session about creating fans. That's the North Star. Mm -hmm. Now, how, how I quantify that or, or make that something less em more rational and less emotive I still got to work on that. But I think that's where I got ahead is, it, it, does this content help us build fans for our company? Yeah. Not, not sell products, right? Not find leads, build fans. Yeah. You build fans, leads and deals will follow. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, I'm going to take a couple of these things uh, already this morning back. Um, when Dave talked about, like, you know, when going to a Grateful Dead concert and unlike some artists that prevent you from bringing in recording or audio equipment and, and right. the Grateful Dead is like, bring in whatever you want really I looked around the room and I saw people like open up their eyes and thinking like I, I hope they're thinking what content could we create as a company to make available to our customers to our community that they could then use and help them be successful in what they're achieving instead of producing content to just educate about your products and services to create assets and content and tools that help your either future customers or existing customers do their jobs easier or better. And I, that's, that was what I wrote down after that session was to think about how demand gen can continue to create content that makes our customers' um, jobs easier to do. They're all presenting to the executive team their reports and metrics and dashboards. What about templates for that to make that part of their, their roles easier and other things? That's what I was thinking about. Um, in terms of goals, uh, one coming back to one more thing on it, don't have too many, you know, initiatives. Three to five initiatives is often a lot. Yep. I think it's it's great to have that North Star, love that term, 
of this is what we're going to accomplish for the year. This is what success will look like at the end of the year. And then some short sprints because we're all, you know, want to have, uh, you know, you don't want to see the, the score at the end of the game. You want to have a score every quarter, every week. So some, some short-term goals there. Well, let's keep in touch, and uh, I will definitely check in and see the progress that you guys are making. Thanks for coming by the, the in-event studio here at Demand <laughs> Gen Radio on site. Live uh, from B2BMX. There you, there you go. Well, thanks, yeah. everybody, for tuning in. We've got a lot of people here in store for you, so uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. Take care. Thanks, David. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing. <laughs>